heroes. Highlights and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour. Welcome back to the Rush Hour. It's a Triple H podcast. Of course, we're talking about a hero moment, hardship and highlight with special guests. And Mark M.G. Gaia is our guest this week. G'day, M.G. How are you, brother? Angus, Judas and Delicious. It's sensational to see, see you boys. Always Hi, love seeing you boys. A lovely segment. I've heard, heard it before and it's uh, Triple H is one of my favourite wrestlers of all time too. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? I saw him the other day in Billions. So you've been watching Billions on stand. Triple H no. is now an actor. I oh, know, my kids have. My kids love it. Oh, but, he's um, fantastic. He's really, really good. He's married to Steph, uh, Stephanie McMahon in real life. Oh, well, oh, yeah. Wow. In real life. Wow. <laughs> That's try time. <laughs> yeah. uh, mate, we're talking the Triple H's, like I said, hero, hardship and highlight. Let's start the ball rolling with your hero in your career on and off the field, mate. Who's that one person that stands out? Um, the first person when you ask me that is my dad. Um, he's my hero. He, he had uh, Mum was 16 when she had me and Dad was 18 and never really grew up knowing that I didn't have much, um, you know, as far as superficial stuff goes, but um, always realised that I had a lot of love when I was, as I got older because mum and dad both had two or three jobs at the, at the one time and um, dad always found time to play footy in the backyard with me, no matter how tired he was or how buggered he was. And um, and I, for that, I think he's, he's the first man that comes to my mind. But as far as on the field goes, I think the first person I gravitated towards um, I, I remember the principal said to us one one day, I was at um, year six at Wayland Primary School, and they said, we've got a couple of footballers coming to the school. And I said, oh, great. You know, I didn't, I was, you know, I wasn't, I was probably a Parramatta fan because dad was, even when I was about 11 or 12. But then these two players came. One was named Simon Booth from Manly, and the other one was Graham Eady. Mm, oh, yeah, the well, Wombat. Yeah. The Wombat. And he'd done, he'd done a little coaching clinic with us. And from that day forward, I followed him. I, I said, I want to be like him. And um, the irony of it is that my uncle, um, who lives up at the Central Coast, a, a suburb, used to live in a suburb called Patonga. He's now at your minor. He used to live Patonga. And the, the bloke who lived two doors up from him, uh, his name was Keith Eady, mm. uh, Graham Eady's brother. So um, I was up there on holidays a couple of years later when I was about year eight at school and my uncle gave, uh, I met Keith Eady and he gave me one of Wombat's jerseys, which I've still got to this day. So, oh, uh, Yeah, so well, Graham Eady, is, um, he's, I've met him a few times, boys, and um, it's, it's, you know, when you meet your idols and they're as beautiful as you want them to be, mm. um, everything, life is good. And, <laughs> and the other one was Graham, uh, Dennis Lilly. I mean, if he didn't love DK Lilly as we were growing up as kids, you know, that the, the buttons undone, the chain hanging out. He was, mm. he was spunk. He was spunk on a stick, wasn't he? Hey mate, when we said hero, it's not three heroes. It's it's a hero. <laughs> yeah, well, you said true. I think you said true. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there's H. three H's. There's hardship in there and a yeah, highlight. But as well. I like this. Anyway, like... we're wrapped up and done but now. We've got three. In terms of <laughs> meeting Graham Eady the second time around, so you've obviously he's come to the school. When was that next moment you got a chance to meet him? Um, good question. That would have been, I would have went to one of the Manly and Parramatta games. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about 1982, maybe four, three years later, mm -hmm. um, in the tunnel. And I, wow. my uncle was there at the game, Michael Dennis. And, um, yeah, Keith, his brother introduced me. And then basically now, you know, as ex-footballers, we speak a lot on social media together. And, uh, yeah, I was a Manly fan up until I played for Penrith in 1985. Wow. What do you think is the most important thing that you can give uh, the next generation? You know, I know you, you, you've been in the position. Obviously, you've got a young fellow now in the Panthers squad. What's And, and you know, we, we meet a lot of players coming through that grassroots stuff and we've done the same. What's the most important ingredient you think we can give them? Well, I think what, the thing that stuck with me that 
I have learned there's, and I, I hear it a lot. I used to hear it a lot of times when I was younger. And a boy coming out of Mount Druitt, you know, they, you make it. And I think when people say to you, don't forget where you come from, mm. um, and that stuck with me. I never do. I never did. I never have forget where I come from. And I always remember to um, always say, if someone wants to say good day to me, no matter how tired or pissed off or if we lost, or I'd always say yes, um, no matter what. Always treated the fans like they were my fans, no matter who they come from. Uh, unless I was playing for your minor and I chased the fan up the hill. <laughs> when, he, when he gave it to me. Mate, with a wet plastic bag with cash in it. <laughs> yeah, the big bouncer walks in, the big bike, he goes, where's Guy up? There's your, there's your money. I said, mate, I'm in the movie. He goes, well, stick it up your arse. <laughs> <laughs> MG, you mentioned your dad uh, as being one of your major heroes. I mean, is there any traits, uh, you know, that you can think of that you've tried to pass down to your kids over the journey? Um, dad was, dad's, a, dad's an old schooler. You know, dad's, dad's had a wretched few years. Um, he, he's in the, just before COVID, he, he got, um, prostate cancer mm. and then he got bloody bowel cancer. Then he, now he's just getting over lung cancer. Um, so he's a, he's a fighter. Dad's a fighter. You know, he's, but he's a bit old school. You know, he's, he kind of didn't, didn't like us, you know, having mates when we grew up and he kind of just wanted his own little family unit. And stuck with it, and and that's why I moved out of home when I was eighteen. You know, I said, "Well, Dad, I want mates over. I want, you know, I want to be around my mates." And um, so I suppose he's a very stubborn bloke. I'm, he's a lot like my brother Matt. Matt's very similar to him. I'm, I'm very outgoing and social, um, <laughs> exactly like my my mum my mum was or is. Mm. So yeah, but but the traits I, I, I get from a dad is that family's always first, mm. and that was that was Dad's you know mantra without him ever saying it to me but he always said that a family's always first and I'll do anything for your kids and your mother um and, I, and he still has to this day so yeah I think that's that's the biggest one Judas I think that um family's always first and I think you boys all go by that slogan as well yeah we do and I think you've done, got the perfect sort of combo between your mum and dad because you know family first but you've also your house is the party house and I don't talk about that in inverted commas I mean people are welcome at your place yeah when, when you've got an event on everyone back to your place before your place and so you got a perfect combo of mm. your mum and your dad there. It looked like it was open after the Penrith three-peat. Oh, yeah. There's a few oh, over wow. then, wasn't there? Wow. Still, go, still going. <laughs> still going. Wow. Still going. Yeah. Fair play, big fella. Yeah, so wow. that's the hero done and dusted. What about a hardship, MG? You've, you've certainly had a life. Um, you've put yourself out there and, and had good things and bad things happen to you. What about a hardship that is that really stands out that you perhaps you learned something from or something that still rocks you? Oh, look, I, I, obviously Ben's passing um, has been the biggest yeah. obstacle I think anyone who's known Ben um, has gone through, you know, in our lives. We, we we weren't ready for it. No one was ready for it. We still aren't ready for it. We still miss him to this day, every mm. day. I've got a photo of him um, right next to my fridge, which every morning I go to to get my, my juice, I, I I kiss him on the on the photo and, and say good morning to him. It's just, yeah, it's... um. You, at, at, at that age, when we were, I was well, I was twenty three, um, you know, you're not ready for such a big uh, loss in your life, and there is no manual, there is no book, there is no rhyme or reason why these things happen. Um, when someone is twenty and they get taken from your life like that, and uh, yeah, it's uh, even now I'm you know I'm fifty five and it's still still raw when I think about it. Um, and you know, Megan's my wife's family, Brandy's family are all. You know that they feel it every day as well. I, I, I've got no doubt because that had a domino effect. You know that that made me leave Penrith, 
go to Balmain, which I never wanted to do, and, and with all due respect to Balmain, but I didn't want to go and leave Penrith. Um, then I found myself um, at your minor, and then I found myself at the Western Reds. So I suppose the saving grace was that I found my way back to Penrith the long way. You know, back in It took six years to get back to Penrith, but I finally did, and when I got back to Penrith, it was probably the three best years of my career um, as, as far as fulfilment goes because I was now a, a 30-year-old you know, coming back from, from Perth and, and mentoring kids like Tony Pulitua and mm. Reese Wesser and um, Frank Pulitua and uh, Ned Caddick and Freddie Peterson, these kids who, were, you know, who I didn't realise they looked up to me. So, um, yeah, that was, you know, that's, that's been the biggest, I suppose, on the field, but Gussie and um, delicious and Jude would be losing the 1990 grand final I was always one of them blokes who used to watch grand finals and watch the losing team slump to the ground as soon as they lost and start crying I went wow come on man it's only a game <laughs> and so it happened to me you know and so it happened to me I, I got beaten in the 1990 grand final and I, as soon as the siren went I fell to the ground and started sobbing I went what am I doing I just can't stop this and it was just that's the emotion rugby league gives you that's that's any sport gives you that's if you're with your best mates and you you miss out at the ultimate level, um, and I, and look, I'm I, I'm so so lucky that I got a chance to play in the grand final the next year and win it. But a lot of a lot of people get to that grand final, lose it, and they never get another opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel so sorry for them blokes who, who that happens to you because winning a grand final is is the, on the pinnacle. The, on the other side is the pinnacle of, of anyone's career, and I was lucky enough to do that. And what about a highlight for you, mate? If we just go back and just say across a, a glittering career and one that's just taking you everywhere, what's a highlight both on and off the field? Well, it's definitely the grand final win. You know, one year was total distraught from from losing and crying on a fieldy footy field to Roy Simmons scoring in a corner and yeah. and me um, fracturing my larynx in my throat because I screamed so loud of, of euphoria. <laughs> It wasn't too bad, the little pick-up off the drop, off the drop perhaps, you to pop Royce well, in the I saw, corner. I yeah. saw Scotty McGay was going to do it, and I didn't think I was going to – I thought I was going to smother it, you know. My first instinct was just jump on it so they can't get it back. But I thought, okay, this is going to bounce. It's going to bounce. It's going to bounce. It's, I've got it. And I thought I was going to score a try, but bloody Mal was back there, <laughs> loitering. And, uh, uh, but, yeah, look, that's – and then, look, another, another one was, I suppose, a highlight. Um, this was played in front of 300 people. I was on the Kangaroo Tour in 1990. And I've been watching, you know, rugby league since I was a kid, since I was four or five, and my dad's mad, all our family rugby league lovers. And and finally, to hear Bob Fulton some one day say to me, um, MG, I'm going to play in the third test against the French. Wow. Um, I said, what, make my debut? He said, yep. And I just broke down and started crying. I said, no way, I'm going to play for Australia. <laughs> and that was the moment that... Um, I heard the ring mum and dad reverse charges from over in Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you would have, <laughs> because you, he would have taken his cash yeah. and would have spent it in the first two days. <laughs> oh, we had blokes like Bobby Lidner and Belcher sending their money home to their missus and that. Yeah. And I'm going, boy, is this where he lingers? Look at that. So, yeah. But yeah, making that debut, making that debut. And, and you know what? Um, and I, I, I think seeing, as we're dads, we're all dads, I think seeing your, your kids just, no matter if it's sport or whatever they do, yeah, just seeing life, your yeah. kids succeed. Hmm. You know, that's that, as, as far as being a dad now to five kids, I think just seeing them have a win in anything they do is um, is a highlight because mm. you know that you have had a you and your wife have had a really big influence on the, on what they've done, um, and you can take you can go to bed at night with a smile on your face thinking, yeah, that was that's a good job from us. So yeah, it's um, I, my best job is ever has been a dad. I love being a dad. Mm. 
Let me ask you this. State of origin, obviously, I think it's the toughest football you can play. I love playing for Australia. Mate, you only played three origins. I mean, three more than a lot of other people. But I just think in that you had so much more to offer there, but you got given orders when you played for New South Wales. Do you regret some of the things that sort of transpired around there? Not, not a thing, Delicious. Not one thing. Because I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you guys if I if it didn't happen. Mm. I, 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 I Honestly, I think if it wasn't for Wally Lewis mm. and that storyline of 1991 that kind of catapulted me to the next spectrum after that because no one really knew who I was. You know, they never knew I was this firebrand. And oh, yeah, knew then all of a sudden yeah. in 91 after that happened with Wally, Queenslanders started knowing who I was and but then all the dramas happened and, you know, then life after footy, I was kind of always asked about that question and that kind of led me into different roles and different media organisations. And mm. when I retired in 2000, I remember I got a call early in the 2001 from a producer at Channel 7 said, would you like to come in on a Friday and do like a preview um, of the week, you know, the rugby league round and uh, do a review on the Monday and you're going to have a bloke in Melbourne doing the AFL version, his name's Paul Salmon. Yep. So the big fish. So I had for, I had two or three years at Sunrise, and on, the way, on that first gig on the way home from Sunrise, in my car, my phone rang, and there was a radio station in Campbelltown called C91.3. And they said, oh, we've just seen you on Sunrise. How would you like to do a preview and review on a Friday and a Monday on your way home from Sunrise with us? So that was basically the start of wow, that's the good. media, and that was 23 years ago. So I actually I've – play, I've been in the media – a lot longer than I played footy for. So, um, and I think it all started with Wally Lewis, Del. I think, um, yeah. you know, and, and the thing about Wally is that a lot of people don't know, he's just, a, you know, he, he got used to be called arrogant, he used to be yep. called a lot of them things. But I think now we look back on Wally's career and we look at the, the, the medical issues he had. You know, I've got two daughters with epilepsy um, and I've seen them have seizures and it's the scariest effing thing you'll ever see in yep. your life. And for him to have one on national TV and, mm basically saw his pants when it's happening, you know, you don't wish that upon your worst enemy. Mm. So that must have been a, a build-up to his career. And I, 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 since that, since I've known him, I've, we've done a lot. He's got a profoundly deaf daughter, mm. um, Jamie, Jamie yeah. and we do a lot together as, social, as, as, as that goes. And we've, we both, he knows, he knows I'm, I'm riding his, his coattails. He knows that, um, I'm, you know, I'm nowhere near the player he ever was. He's, he's, he's been the top three players I've ever seen on footy field, you know, along with, Joey and Cameron Smith. Yeah, um, they're they're my top three. Um, and JT's not far behind them. Um, but as far as an enigma and, and a bloke who has such a presence, Wally Lewis's presence was profound. And um, I'll, I'll take heed. You know, when I'm in twenty or thirty years' time, when my grandkids hopefully are born, <laughs> any danger? Uh, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to make sure they don't. <laughs> oh, I want to be a granddad, man. Not not real. Yet, brother, not yet. Sixty-five, not fifty-five. Oh, so. I want to be a, I want to be a popper. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you probably are somewhere in there. the world. You just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Bangkok when I was 17. Yeah, so I know. Don't <laughs> worry. Six foot six Bangkok playing basketball over there. Young, young bloke in the Bangkok basketball team. It <laughs> looks a lot like you. <laughs> hey, brother. Good on you, mate. Uh, it's, it's, it's hero. It's highlight. It's hardship. You've given us so much more than that, Amazing. MG. And, of course, we love hearing you on the morning show now. I obviously miss being with you on the mornings all those years ago. But you and Mick are absolutely carving it up, mate. Thanks so much for joining us today. And get on with the rest of your day and love to the family. As you boys are, we love, I love yous and uh, keep up the good work, fellas, anytime. Thanks so awesome, much, G. Cheers, mate. There's Mark Guy Bye. there. It's the Three H's podcast. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from four on Triple M.